everybody. Welcome to Sunday night. It's uh, Wes, Andy, and Hank here on the Fandom Power Podcast. Welcome back to uh, episode uh, 10, 10 of uh, season two of The Fan Batch. Over the halfway mark. We are over the halfway mark. And it's uh, this is it. This is our last, uh, dare, dare I say, this is our last week where uh, we can actually uh, breathe. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. next week, uh, the floodgate opens uh, as we are double hatting with uh, season three of the Mandalorian. So yep. that's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting time. However, um, we still got days to worry about that. So I'm not going to worry about that too much. Plenty of time. Uh, don't, don't forget our new, our new uh, series, random fandom on Tuesday nights at uh, 6 PM Eastern. We got a special uh, treat this week. We are talking with uh, independent filmmaker, uh, Kalani Hubbard. That's cool, very cool conversation. Mm-hmm. Still going to take your uh, your live comments and uh, your call-ins as well. Don't forget, we are a call-in show now. Not this one, but Tuesday nights we are. Yeah. Uh, I, I formatted things a little bit different this week. Uh, I'm going to get right to it here. Let me... Uh, oh, there's Gonky. Yeah. Um, before we get too far into it, though, once again, it's time that we... Time. Uh, I believe it is. It's time for another bad... Star Wars jokes. No submission this week. This one is uh, straight off the internet like uh, they all are. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, uh, what is every uh, Stormtrooper's favorite store? Hmm. Whatever that uh, spaceport ends up being called. (laughs) I kind of want to write it down so I can show you that I know after you say it. (laughs) I feel like it might be a, a chain. A store that's not Walmart and not in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Not the Hudson Bay Company. Hit me. me. Uh, It's whatever's next to the target. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Whatever's next to the target. Like a stormtrooper, I was all around it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, episode uh, 210, it's a uh, retrieval. We go back to our, uh, or we stay with our mission of the week, although apparently this is uh, this is an extended mission. It's been uh, two days, according to the, the timeline, as they reveal through some of the dialogue. Mm. What did we think about retrieval, guys? I, I kind of thought it came quicker than I thought it would. Yeah. But we got resolution to unanswered questions from last episode. <clears throat> uh, we, we did. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad I was wrong about the ship thing. I, I do like the ship um, um, myself as well. They're losing me though. Are they? Really? Oh, yeah. I'm bored as hell. <laughs> I didn't realize it before. This episode did teach me one thing that I didn't really realize. What's that? Echo is my favorite character, and I don't oh. give a damn about any of the other characters. Really? So the absence of Echo, you're really feeling that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. maybe that's the idea. Yeah. I, actually, I was like, wow. I don't. I don't care. I should but I don't what's happening with echo. (laughs) There Uh, was something that happened this week that triggered me to something that you had said a a couple of weeks ago, Hank, mm. that it's almost like the bad batch is rocking around the galaxy. And whether it's by design or by chance, it's almost like they're building a little smaller team around Omega. Right. And I've really felt that that really resonated with me this week. And that's exactly how I felt by the time I got to the end of this episode that, oh, we've just established yet another yeah, relationship. 
yeah and i do i i do want to talk about that a little bit more in depth but i want to save that sort of to the end right. yeah and, but always you guys always make me love it so make me love it <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thrilled to get gonky back yeah i mean okay like, so absolutely been absent for so long and then for him to just you know hey there he is the fact that wrecker literally goes over picks him up gives him a bear hug and a giant ah, you know like tells you that the that droid has worth yeah he's there are too yeah all of the uh i said to in the private chat this week i said we need to come up with a list an actual list and i'll and we'll we'll do screenshots it might actually make for a, a nice little video is all of the uses for a power droid in star wars just keep climbing <laughs> yeah apparently uh um um support uh, emotional support droid is also on the list now nice uh as along with a uh, homing beacon it's <laughs> two this uh, week well he's also been a uh, tool tray workout mm -hmm. event, uh punch clock uh, uh um cooking surface cooking surface. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. service uh table footrest yeah, yeah he's been <laughs> all of those things so um that's cool. There's there's way more depth for the power droid than I think anybody ever thought that they would get. He might be the most well-rounded character in the show. <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> really? Eh? <laughs> All right. You, you guys ready to get down to it? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Let me just switch this up a little bit here. Again, uh, keeping with things a little bit different, I thought uh, I'd go back. Now, we've we've done this uh, in the past where I've, I've put this stuff on screen. I feel like... Um, I don't know why we got away from doing this. Um, I, I quite like it. Yeah. Uh, this episode, it's uh, episode 10. It is called Retrieval. It aired Wednesday, February 22nd uh, in the year 2023. This one is written by uh, Moises Zamora. Now, Moises is a Mexican-American screenwriter. Uh, he is the creator and writer on uh, Selena, the series, uh, all 18 episodes, um, as well as a writer uh, for the series, a star for which he has written uh, 18 episodes. This is his only Star Wars credit. Well, you got to get in somewhere. Yeah. 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 Uh, this one directed again by Stuart Lee. We have an advertised runtime this week of 29 minutes or an actual runtime of uh, 25 minutes and uh, 39 seconds without titles or credits. In our episode synopsis this week, it reads, Attempting to recover a lost asset, the Batch must learn to trust a thief. All right. The if. <laughs> the if is right. He spelled it wrong. <laughs> Did I say that? Recover a yep. lost asset, the Batch must learn to oh, trust. Yep. Uh oh! Oh Close no! We'll take that out of the post. They're all there. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, of course we do. Well, it's hard for them to like call somebody else a thief after they just raided somebody else's mine last episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But the moral F, ambiguity. Um, yep. I thought I would have picked that up, but no, apparently I didn't. Okay. The episode opens with a long shot of the abandoned spaceport from the previous episode. Uh, we cut to a low, uh, a different lower angle shot where the giant Mesa in the background looms over the town. Uh, and to me, I got real like Uluru vibes off of that. Um, Uluru, the, the, uh, um, that is the Aboriginal name for uh, what we would have grown up knowing as Ayers Rock uh, mm. in Australia. Yeah, Close at the base, counters vibes very much so. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. 
at the base of the communications array they used uh, to contact Sid, Hunter, Tech, and Wrecker work on repairing an old junker of a speeder while Omega uh, sits off to the side, poring over Tech's scanner. Uh, Wrecker lets out a groan as he leans back, exclaiming how he's bored, hot, and starving. It's three faces of Wrecker. Yep. It's Wrecker's, so, uh, Wrecker's three emotions. Bored, bored, hot, and starving. <laughs> Hunter reminds him that uh, he told him to preserve his rations. And looking sheepishly at the ground, Wrecker sighs as he says, Well, I got hungry. While using an improvised hammer, uh, Wrecker bangs on a part of the speeder, and that part immediately falls off the bike. <laughs> Frustrated, Wrecker, he flops back onto his butt as he, as he protests, We're wasting our time. And he calls the speeder a heap of junk. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And Tech admits that, yes, while it is a piece of junk, with a few repairs, it will be a slightly operational heap of junk. Adding that with the, the power, the power cells have just enough in them uh, to get them to the town on the other half of the hemisphere. Uh, at the word power, Omega jumps up from her seat, exclaiming, they forgot about Gonky, who's still on the Havoc Marauder. Uh, Tech says that's because the thief disabled the transponder. Uh, because the thief disabled the transponder, they will not be able uh, to locate him. But uh, Tech missed her meaning as Omega says, not the ship. I mean, we can track Gonky. With an air of surprise in his voice, Tech cocks his head uh, towards Omega as he remarks, oh, ingenious idea. Then he suggests that Omega try tracing his binary reference code. Wrecker tells her not to get her hopes up, but undeterred, she walks over to the comm tower and she plugs in the scanner. All right. Uh, the speeder, this one actually was quite surprised at this. Um, as a the, the resident vehicle ship nerd, um, I'm like, this looks familiar. And I started like, where have I seen this before? And yeah, we've seen this one before. I I'm surprised. This is a reuse of the animation model from uh, star Wars resistance. Specifically. It's the pirate speeder from uh, episode eight. Sinara's uh, score in that episode, uh, a, the a squadron is sent on an escort mission, which leaves the Colossus vulnerable to pirate attack. And of course, Sinara is a, uh, uh, she's working as a double agent. She is a, uh, one of the, she's working for the pirates. And now she actually is the one to call them and say, Hey, it's undefended. Come, I'm attack it. it. Yeah. Again, I am tempted to go back and rewatch resistance and pay attention this time. <laughs> now, I mean, I just saw a video that had, it featured the, uh, the, the T 85 X wing that that's yeah. featured in that show. And I was like, wow, that's a cool looking ship. The, Maybe the watch a whole show just to see that cool. The T 80, which opens it's the in T80. the first, the, the, not the Poe Dameron one, but the, the next, next one, the next one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is the, the one that, uh, Kaz, uh, Ziona was flying at the beginning of uh, the first episode. Right. Now, these aren't the same speeders as the ones on uh, the pirate gang on Book of Boba Fett, is it? I don't think so. They, I mean, they could be similar. They all have a that similar kind of swoop bike. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a few differences you. on these, like from the that stock image and then the, you know, they're, those they're ones had bar. more of the, um, like the, the ape hanger bar, like the chopper. Mm. Whereas this, the, the handlebars are quite, quite forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> with a, uh, a left to right uh, wipe transition, we pick up with the uh, Havoc Marauder now in a low atmospheric flight. 
much to my surprise, it appears that whoever stole the ship did decided not to take it off world. The ship sways back and forth rather violently while Gonky wobbles up to the cockpit where the thief is now at the controls and flying it like it's their first time behind the wheel of a car in some farmer's field. <laughs> Still wearing the respirator, uh, the thief in a, in a very male voice tells Gonky to shut up, adding that uh, they're getting annoyed. As the Havoc Marauder descends into a valley, we can see what looks like some kind of mining settlement uh, around the perimeter of a giant open pit mine. Inside, uh, the thief pulls off their helmet and respirator, and we can see it's a teenage boy. And the boy pulls out uh, a handheld comlink, and he radios the settlement. Mako, it's Benny. Speaking gruffly, Mako's deep voice comes back with, you're late, kid. Benny tells him that uh, his scouting run took longer than expected. But uh, he has uh, something that Mako was going to like, and he asks for the shield to be lowered. It's very Return of the Jedi-ish. Mm -hmm. From a bird's eye view, we watch as the Havoc Marauder floats down inside the huge open pit. Now, there is a massive central tower that takes up about a third of the diameter of the pit, and uh, the ship maneuvers around it, coming to rest on a platform that's uh, jutting out from the pit wall. Another teenager manning a control panel throws a lever nearly as tall as he is, and the platform rotates into the pit wall and is sealed by a massive metal door. Now, uh, this character is Benny Barrow. Now, Benny Barrow is making his uh, first appearance here. He's voiced by uh, voice actor Yuri Lowenthal, who has over 780 acting credits. <laughs> this might be the most accomplished voice actor we've ever spoken about. Now, um, while he has worked on other uh, Star Wars properties like The Old Republic, uh, Rogue One, The Last Jedi, Solo, and Jedi Fallen Order, all of those roles were as additional voices. Mm. Now, Benny Barrow is just his second credited Star Wars role, the first one being uh, the animated version of Rebel Y-Wing pilot Dutch Vander, nice. also known as Gold Leader. Now, that was in Star Wars Rebels. But Yuri has been the voice of Ben Tennyson of Ben 10 fame uh, since the 2004 Ben 10 Alien Force for a total of 183 episodes. And I'm Crazy. almost certain that they're doing the same thing here that they did with the racing episode um, where we had Sonic the Hedgehog being our droid racer. We now have Ben 10 as Benny. Mm. I feel that's an intentional, I yeah, just call really. him Benny as a nod to, uh, to Ben 10. I've got some more nods for this character later on, but I'm going to save those. All right. All right. Um, Getting uh sorry, getting up from the pilot seat, Benny spots a partially eaten ration bar on the floor of the cockpit. Now going wide-eyed, he practically jumps on it, uh, wipes the dust off the bar, and wastes no time scoffing it down. Ugh. Uh, happy to have some food in his stomach, Benny uh, smiles widely as Gonky watches uh, while squawking and chattering at him. Um. That's a pretty good indication of, of uh, sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude's like excited about a granola bar, <laughs> a half eaten granola bar at that. Yeah. Uh, you ever picked up food off the floor of your car? Yeah. To throw it away. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, oh, no, yeah, no, nobody's car, looking yeah, and you're yeah. like, is this fry still good? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that no, will, especially you. in the winter. <laughs> so there's a thing that's Be a little salty. 
Yeah, go ahead. Um, you, you sort of get the the same vibe off of uh, this cadre, although maybe not as well organized as you do again uh, off the cadre on um, Corellia in Solo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Lady Proxima. Proxima and yeah. So while there's this underlying sort of slave culture throughout the galaxy, where yeah. you know um, the empire is enslaving troops i guess you could say and literally enslaving like wookies and slave you know and uh anakin was a slave um you see these low level uh villains if you will instead of enslaving you know like not the zygerian slavers that are enslaving like adults but right this oliver twist thing happening all over the place well you know that that comes up a ton of advantage taking uh in the galaxy it's pervasive throughout the whole episode. And I, I have some questions around that because it speaks to the bigger, like what is going on in the galaxy? How bad is it? Um, yeah. and, I mean, I'll just bring it up right now. Like we're not, I'm, I'm sure you guys aren't immune that the entire labor force in this entire settlement are yeah. children. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They're all kids. Where did this entire child labor force come from? And are we leaning into stuff like skeleton crew, which we don't know a lot about, but we know that it right. revolves around, Goonies sort of aged kids and and adult in charge like is you know like so interesting that that stuff is interesting to me for sure are we planting a seed here for that is is benny barrow gonna be the the inverse of ahsoka tano and make the leap from animation to live action Mm. Uh, sorry no the same as (laughs) wow i just totally messed that up she goes back and forth (laughs) that's right yeah yeah but like maybe these kids are survivors from the other village right yeah that's true you know it, i have all kinds of questions around it like um did the parents sell these kids off because that's how bad it is you know are they kidnapped because these kids don't look like well, that's literally what ray's parents do and ray's parents have her yeah. best interest at heart and yeah. they sell her to a child labor uh, yeah thing yeah. like exactly yeah 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 it's a you know it's a good way to make money it is well, at the edge of the hangar, a hatchway slides open and a humanoid alien on a cane uh, limps in, escorted by droid guards, as well as some other teenage boys. This is Mako. Now, one of Mako's arms is a crude cybernetic prosthetic that terminates in a four-pronged claw. Uh, earlier this week, I saw some people making the, the analogy that he looks like uh, Azog. Uh, Azog the Defiler from uh, the Hobbit trilogy. Um, we finally know where Echo's device came from now. <laughs> yeah, really. Perhaps. Say that too. <laughs> it's like, right here. Are they going to take a souvenir and give it yeah. to Echo? <laughs> here, have a new attachment. As the camera pans up to his face, we can see that he has a long, pointy, and swept back ears and a ridged forehead, uh, ridged forehead plating that give him this sort of uh, armadillo humanoid look. Mm hmm. Mako's droid guards uh, carry what look like metal clubs, even though descriptive audio guy calls them blasters in this scene. Descriptive audio guy. <laughs> it can be multi-purpose. Descriptive audio guy again. Shock Mako to me looks like if you told an AI to draw a warrior Yoda. Oh yeah, I guess so. I, I see, you know, uh, classic fantasy tropes. I do see an orc, uh, an armor. Yeah, no, orc. yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, the turtle yeah. shell kind of forehead. Yeah, very much so. Now, um, the half dozen teenagers all dressed in miners outfits that accompany him are all unarmed. 
Benny walks down the boarding ramp of the Havoc Marauder, uh, guiding his light speeder bike with one hand, and he walks over to Mako. And taking in the sight of the ship now in front of him, Mako tells Benny that uh, when he said he had something for him, he wasn't expecting this. Proud of himself, Benny tells Mako that he stole it from some amateurs. Amateurs? <laughs> Uh, that were poking around the old mines in the Northern Territory. Uh, you know, I might regret calling them amateurs by the end of this. He did take them, though, pretty easily. Like did, <laughs> did. Ignoring the boy, Mako walks past him and up the boarding ramp to take a look inside. Turning, he says, uh, miners don't travel in ships like this, and it looks like it's been specially modified. And he says it could attract the wrong kind of attention. I think it's fair to say uh fair to say wrong kind of attention is uh imperial i would get anything that would mess I with would what he's so. got going on here yeah a, a rival organization yeah that begs the question is is this under the radar of the mining guild maybe probably because you figure the mining guild would have like at least some rule structure set in place you would to think appear so. on yeah. the level yeah yeah I would think so. And having an all child labor force is probably not on the, uh, it's not part of it. Especially considering what they're mining here. Exactly. Like they gave it to us straight last episode. Like this is not to be played with. Right. You're not just hacking coal out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tapping Benny on the shoulder with his cybernetic arm, he says, uh, are you trying to cause trouble for me after I've been so good to you? Wide eyed and afraid. Benny pleads with him. No, no Mako. Honest. I, I thought you could make some money off it. That's all. I, I swear. Poking the boy in the chest with his prosthetic, he tells Benny that he believes him, but uh, he'll have to sell it off piece by piece just to be safe. Clearly seeking praise and approval for his theft of the ship, Benny asks if this puts him in the running for the top earner of the cycle. And that's an important detail. That That's going to come back around a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Using his cybernetic arm, Mako lifts the boy's chin and tells him, we'll have to see, Benny, we'll have to see. But he does tell him that he did a good job, and as a show of gratitude, Mako tells Benny that he can keep Gonky as a reward. As Mako goes to walk away, Benny asks, what about water rations? And uh, he adds that he was out scouting for four rotations. Now, we understand a rotation to be one revolution of the planet you're on. Um, we just have no idea how long a rotation on this planet is. Mm. So was that like days, weeks, like who knows? Yeah. Long enough that the, the kid needs water. Mako stops and uh, turns around to face Benny taking out a, a canteen. He says, right. You are. He uh, then unscrews the cap from the canteen and, and Benny reaches for it. But before he can take it, Mako lifts the canteen to his own mouth and downs what I figure is a considerable amount of the water before handing over what's left to the boy. Now, the other teenage boys, they watch and they grin like a pack of high school bullies. Benny guzzles what's left of the water as Mako taps him on the shoulder again and says, Mako always takes care of his crew. He then (laughs) barks at the other boys to strip the ship of anything useful and they leap into action with a boisterous howl. Woo-hoo-hoo. Lowering the canteen, Benny offers a sincere thanks to Mako. Uh, then he and uh, Mako and his droids turn and leave the hangar while a seemingly um, uh, meaningless light on Gonky's front panel begins to flash 
and he starts honking. <laughs> now, Mako, that's uh, Jonathan uh, Lipow, who's been uh, the, the voice of several things. Uh, I keep going back to the race announcer. Mm-hmm. Uh, best I can tell about Mako is this is a new species making a first appearance here. His role in this is, like you said, Hank, it's this uh, this slaver thing. But there's an Uncar plot vibe kind of going on yeah. here yep. for me. Yep. Yep. Like in you the, do all this work for me, I'll give you a little ration. Yeah, the water I'm rations. doing you a favor. Exactly. Yeah. I'll look out for you. Which is weird because last week we did find out there are like crazy underground reservoirs here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. There's a, Hey, there's a lake over there. You forgot. Could be salt water, though. Yeah. yeah purify yeah, yeah. it. Uh, and then I'm going to swing back around. I, I get caught up on this stuff. I don't know if I spent too much time on this. I want to talk about uh, Mako's droid escorts because I found them to be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, the cooler it, things. Initially, the color palette threw me off, but um, looking at it, this is very clearly the BX series commando droid body uh, that's been redecoed. But that head, um, I'm like, what is that? Like, is that a Cylon? What is that? <laughs> and I, I kind of get HK Hunter Killer vibes off of it. Now, what's interesting, I'm this is me kind of jumping ahead here. They they mentioned that these droids uh, at one point belong to the Techno Union. Hmm. And I went down this rabbit hole on Techno Union droids mm-hmm. and there was nothing that, that matched this. So maybe these were like Techno Union specific battle droids. Maybe. That we just never saw in live action. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They could be kit bashing assets too. Like They could be. be. Now, Andy, you would said the same thing. Upside yeah. down or, You'd yeah. said the same thing that maybe they were putting these things together. I don't, just because of the sheer number of them and how consistently they are, I, I think that these are an actual model of some mm. variant of the BX series that maybe was just specific. I just meant the, the animators that have been kit bashing from oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Stuff, right? The funny thing is, I could not find that head anywhere else. Hmm. I looked, yeah. now I, I didn't want to spend too, too much time on it, but I did make a sincere effort to look for it. Um, guys, if you, uh, who are watching now or possibly in the replay, if you have any idea on, uh, where that head may have came from, let us know in the comments. I'm very curious to know what you guys, think. I look at it now and it looks, it looks a lot like a uh, classic Cylon mixed it, with, it does. Yeah, I even, really at one does. point I Especially had head on, I had the reimagined Cylon. I had a head in there and I'm like, eh, kind of, but no, I, ah. more like the classic, but with shorter sort of, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And we're going to get another look at them later on because there's a, a quite a cool action sequence. Probably one of my favorite action sequences of the entire uh, season, to be honest. Um, but that's a little later. Yeah. Well, for now, though, like from a toy maker's perspective. Yeah. You know, reuse of an asset, just slap a new mm-hmm. head on it. And... We haven't I... gotten this yet, though. Like we've gotten <laughs> the, B, the, the B1 the uh, battle droid. Uh, the commando droid, I think, is a little bit more little more robust, robust. a little yeah. bit yeah that's, that's the word yeah. i would love to see yeah. it i think that'd be cool this this the show this season does feel like he-man where we're just being like here's a character here's a character yeah here's a character. yeah yeah here's a character it's uh he-man's legs and skeletor's arms <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> we'll just kit bash these things together all right well uh, back at the abandoned spaceport, uh, Omega's scanner begins to ping, and she lights up as she tells the rest of the crew, I think I found Gonky. Record chuckles, having just half heard her, and then it sinks in, and he's like, you, what? You found him? 
handing the scanner back to Tech, Omega points at the reading and says that his signal is just 100 kilometers east of them. And if he's still on the planet, then there's a, a good chance that the Havoc Marauder is too. Now with a renewed sense of purpose, Hunter flashes a glance at the broken down speeder before looking back at Tech and saying, let's get this thing running and find out. Well, later, the Bad Batch, all clinging to the Junker speeder as they rattle across the open desert, it backfires and belches smoke from the rear engines, but it is moving at a fair clip and holds together. I included this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I included this. Uh, this was commonplace when I was overseas in Afghanistan. We saw this all the time. Entire families like clung onto these Chinese made motorcycles. Yeah. How they stayed on the thing. Um I put it in here for comedy, but like the reality is that people do this. Oh, I've seen videos on fail army where they've packed the things down with like more than you oh, yeah. fit on a truck. Uh, yeah. 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 And they're still balancing it. Yeah. Yeah. We saw this all the time. Well, uh, later, where am I here? Uh, it is, uh, it is okay. And then find out, uh, After it is nightfall. holding together. After nightfall, the clones uh, reach the open pit, uh, the settlement around the open pit, and they look down at it from high up on a ridge. Tech tells them that Gonky's signal is definitely pinging from somewhere in the settle of uh, the settlement. He says that there are minimal life forms around him, but there is also an unknown number of life forms in the subterranean levels. Wrecker says the settlement looks worse than the abandoned spaceport. And then Hunter says, well, we'll do a split approach and he cautions everyone to stay alert. Well, down in the settlement, we can see that most, if not uh, all of the dwellings on the surface are made out of converted uh, shipping containers, not unlike a lot of the shanty towns uh, that we've seen in uh, South Africa. Outside of one of the dwellings, Benny works the controls on uh, Gonky's control panel. When nothing happens, he takes a step back and he puts his hands on his hips and he says, I guess I'll have to sell you for parts. When uh, Gonky lets out a single, Aww. Benny throws his hands up in frustration and says, because you're useless to me. What am I going to do with a defective power droid? Did we know that he's defective? I don't think he's fully defective. I didn't think so either. I thought he he's was still... just not cooperating. That could be too. Well, then a voice from behind Benny says, that's our defective power droid. Turning to face the voice, Benny sees Hunter and Tech looming over him. And not messing around, Hunter leans in and he demands to know where their ship is. Now, immediately, Benny starts to backpedal as he stammers, oh, oh you see, the, the thing is... But before he can think of anything else to say, his fight or flight response kicks in and he makes a run for it. Hopping on his uh, speeder scooter, he wheels around the container and he tries to speed off, but instead he runs smack dab into Wrecker, who knocks him clean off the bike with a clothesline to the chest. And all I have to say is that kid is lucky to be alive uh, <laughs> after taking a blow like that. But uh, Benny is still very motivated and rolling up to his feet. He tries to scramble away, but after just two or three steps, he finds himself on the business end of Omega's energy bow and he falls backwards with his hand outstretched in a please don't shoot kind of way. <laughs> Wrecker tosses Benny to the ground in front of Gonky and then asks the droid if he's okay. Now Gonky lets out a couple of honk honk while he, uh, while he confused Benny asks, what do you care how that thing's doing? It's just a beat up old battery. 
Now, firmly, Omega tells him, not to us. Then removing his helmet, Hunter uh, gets back to the matter at hand. Where's our ship? Now, speaking coyly, Benny asks, mm, can you be more specific? <laughs> and Omega hits it on the head when she retorts, uh, the one you stole yesterday. Benny chuckles nervously. Oh, right, that ship. He tells them that uh, Mako has it and uh, that he gave uh, gave Gonki uh, over as a gift. And uh, Tech asks, who exactly is this Mako? While getting to his feet, Benny tells them that Mako runs the whole town and calls him the boss, adding, your ship's his now. While Wrecker retorts, yeah, we'll see about that. Putting the pressure on Benny, Hunter and Tech step a little bit closer and they close the circle around him. Not mincing words, Hunter simply says, take us to it. Now, Benny throws his arms up in protest. And with a hint of fear in his voice, he says, no way. I can't help you go against Mako. You don't know what he's done for me. Not impressed with the answer, Wrecker leans over top of the boy and he growls very menacingly, like literally <laughs> growls like a dog, which I have to say, I'm going to put it out there now. Uh, that was, I found that to be really annoying by the fourth, fifth time he did it. Like, come on, Wrecker. Like, <laughs> and let's let's be let me be clear about this. Wrecker gets the the MVP moment of the episode in one line, um, which completely blows me away. Because on the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got er. <sighs> come on. Yeah, yeah, let me recontextualize yeah. <laughs> the er for you, though. Sure, sure. Uh, this is a kid show. Yeah. And this moment is Benny is like more afraid of Mako, but Wrecker uh, is saying. Okay. You might be afraid of him, but we'll we'll kill you. I get it. If I you get don't it. take us to our ship, if you're afraid of him, say. You, you should be more afraid of me. Yeah, basically, that's fair. I'll give you that one. Yeah, I'll give you that one because you can't really say that to a kid in a kid's show. Right. Right. So okay, that's fair. Let him growl it out. All right. Well, uh, that's enough to get Benny to cave in as he says, "All right, all right, I, I can show you where your ship is, but if you get caught, you don't know me." So something that a uh, underworld person yeah. would say a low level underworldling yeah I'll later for now but i might switch on you later later on benny leads the batch down to the edge of the mining pit as they sit and observe uh, the approach to the mine benny tells them that the techno union ran the mine before the end of the war but mako has since taken over when they were forced out and has kept it running ever since now, derisively omega says so you're an ipsium miner and a ship thief Matter-of-factly, Benny tells her that Mako says they're useful skills, and Omega retorts that stealing isn't a skill. With a grin on his face, Benny says, that is when you're good at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a cool panning shot here where the camera starts at the top of that stack, and it pans down to the settlement, and it couldn't get it all in one, so that's a that's a composite of like three images that I put in there, but I, I wanted to get the full... Mm -hmm. scope of the thing so hopefully that looks okay yeah all right pulling out his scanner tech shows a hollow of a hollow image of the mining complex now he says that the central um the central portal the big pit is ray shielded and that all of the subterranean entrances uh appear to be guarded in shifts well, not worried about those details wrecker shrugs it off with a nah we've stormed tougher strongholds than that uh, in this season, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. 
Uh, but Benny has a different assessment as he points out that they can't just go in using blasters uh, because there's a good chance that they'll blow up the mine and pretty much kill everyone if they miss. And uh, he implores them to uh, cut their losses. Well, then record lets out another intimidating growl and uh, Benny cowers from him. Well, looking closer at the hollow image, Tech says there's still one covert entry point. And then the image flickers and it shifts to a close-up of the large smokestack at the center of the pit. Tech points out uh, points at the actual stack just as a blast of high-pressure steam vents out over several seconds. Continuing his explanation, he tells them there is a lower access hatch inside the stack and if they time it correctly, they can rappel down in between exhaust cycles. Hunter asks exactly how long uh, the window is between cycles, and Tech tells him that it's just 60 seconds. Confidently, Omega blurts out, plenty of time. Mm -hmm. Gonk <laughs> now, in 60 seconds. <laughs> Gonk in 60 mm -hmm. seconds. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, now, Benny, on the other hand, doesn't share that enthusiasm, and he says that getting cooked alive was not on his agenda, and he wishes them good luck, and he turns to leave like he's just going to walk away. I okay, you, I, I brought you. you. Now, bye. No, Hunter grabs him by the shoulder and stops him. Menacingly, he says to Benny, you can go when we have our ship back. Now, staring back at Hunter, Benny's expression twists up into a fearful grimace. So he's definitely got the fear thing working against him anyway. Yep. Well, later on, the crew, along with Benny, they reach the top of the, the stack. They've climbed a ladder. Hunter coils a rope while Wrecker looks down on the shantytown. Suddenly uh, aware of his fear of heights, he lets out a, oh boy, and he moves back from the edge. Now as the crew make their preparations to repel into the stack, now, Benny tries the old slip away again, but is immediately stopped by Wrecker, who grabs him by the shoulder. Now, Hunter secures a grappling hook to the platform, uh, the platform that they're standing on, and uh, Tech tells him, on my mark. Well, just then, the stack erupts with another gout of steam. A cowering below the lip of the stack, Benny says, this is a very bad idea. Then Tech's scanner beeps, and Tech calls out, now. While throwing the loose end of the rope down into the stack, Hunter jumps, uh, jumps up onto the lip, and without hesitation, he falls forward, running down the inner wall of the glowing stack in an Aussie-style rappel, and it is one of the most mm, beautiful shots in the episode. Yeah. Suddenly, a droid steps out from the maintenance hatch and walks out onto the grating, forcing Hunter to halt his descent. While back at the top of the stack, Wrecker whispers to Tech, chiding him, You said it was unguarded! And uh, Tech tells him, well, it, it was at the time. Meanwhile, Hunter watches as the droid secures its club and uses a data pad to take a reading from the steam vent. With the clock ticking, Omega whispers, there's only 30 seconds before another vent of steam. Now, Benny asserts that Hunter's not going to make it. And he insists that if they bail out before they... Ins oh. Let me try that again. Bail. Mm -hmm. Benny asserts that Hunter isn't going to make it. And he insists that they bail out before it's too late. But Omega sternly tells him, we don't do that. Ra rah, Omega. Yep. Benny leans over the lip of the stack to look down at Hunter, who's dangling precariously on his rappel line. When he does, he accidentally bumps Omega, which knocks the flashlight out of her hand, and it falls into the stack. 
Unfortunately for Hunter, it was close enough to the wall that he is able to snatch it as it passes by. There's them reflexes. On the radio, Tech tells him that uh, he has to move. Securing the flashlight, Hunter coils up against the wall and he springs as hard as he can, leaping off the rope onto the unassuming droid below. Now, the two of them roll towards the closed hatch and the droid comes up swinging its club. Now, the descriptive audio at this point refers to it as a stun baton, and that makes sense considering you probably don't want to kill your labor force if you have no. to keep them in line. With just five seconds left before another venting of steam, Hunter punches the droid and then uh, in the chest, and then he flips it into the center of the grate. And as the exhaust cycle starts up, Hunter has just enough time to open the hatch and dive through while the droid is utterly consumed by the superheated liquid. Um, <laughs> I laughed then and I'm laughing now because I, in my mind, I'm like, did the droid survive the steam? Like, was the steam hot enough to like melt him? melt it? Or is the droid <laughs> suddenly like ejected out the stack wondering what the hell am I doing here? I would Why am I so know, clean? <laughs> yeah. If they're leftovers from the techno guild or whatever, the techno union, you yeah. would think they'd be built to withstand the conditions of the, of mine. the mine. That makes sense. But, um, well, if that's, is, so that being said, now the droids like, I didn't know I could fly. <laughs> How am I going to land? <laughs> that probably do them in. Uh, yeah. Falling with style. <laughs> The things that happen off camera, right? Like, yeah. there's a side story there. <laughs> All right. Well, um, this scene is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught this. It's a very subtle uh, callback to the carbon freezing chamber, mm -hmm. right down to that you can hear some of the the same, like the the the, the mechanisms. Yeah. The um, but it is obviously like a nod to Empire Strikes Back, and I applaud them for that. All right. At the top of the stack, the crew duck as the exhaust cycle runs its course. While down in the maintenance uh, tunnel, Hunter vents the room and closes the hatch before radioing in all clear. At the top of the stack, Benny lowers his arms from cowering at the steam as he meekly says, you definitely aren't Ipsia Miners. <laughs> Stand no, really? no. Standing over him, Omega points at him as she says, uh, nope, you stole the wrong ship. <laughs> It was in that moment he knew. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look at it. She like, gives him the point. Like, you did the wrong thing. <laughs> one by one, the crew slide down a rope line and they link up with Hunter. Benny then leads them to another platform that overlooks the central tower. And Benny motions for the crew to be quiet. And they all look up to see several suspension bridges uh, leading into the central tower. Now, each one of them is filled with a long line of workers slowly moving across the bridge while more droid guards armed with stun batons watch over them. Tech remarks that the conditions of the mine are less than ideal, and Benny tells him it's because the Ipsium has degraded, adding that uh, Mako had to lower wages just to keep this mine running. Then optimistically, he says, at least we're still working, and Omega, she frowns at that sentiment. Now, uh, this whole mind thing, um, I'm not going to lie here. I'm to remind you of Mustafar. Well, so there, there's Mustafar vibes, but there's something else going on here. The child labor force. Well, and there you hit it right on the head yeah. for me, Hank. <laughs> um, definitely getting some Temple of Doom vibes here. Yeah. I kind of wonder if that's sort of the, the inspiration for having 
just kids. Maybe. Um, the line he says, at least we're still working. That means he's yeah. got them so blinded. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, you're working for me. That's a good thing. And it's, it's just a loose thematic sort of callback. I don't think there's anything really overt. I, d- I don't equate Mako to the, to Molaram or anything no. like that. No, but definitely the, the, the droids are the thuggy guards yeah. and the, the kids are the kids, albeit they're not magically brainwashed in this uh, no. episode. No, they're almost there like willingly because they don't know any better. Right. Or the parents sold them off. Yeah. And that's all. Is, yeah. As yeah, you said, that's, that's all they know. brainwashing, right? Like. <laughs> yeah. But they do say the techno union was forced out. So forced it's fully out, yeah. possible that their parents were, you know, collateral damage. Possibly. Yeah. And in comes Mako and be like, Oh, come with me, kitties. I'll save you. What's interesting about that. I'm, I'm just going to touch on that for a second too. We, we talk about all these different groups in the prequel era. We've got the trade federation. We've got the techno unit, uh, union, the banking clan, the and mining we, guild. the mining guild is another one, but we associate all these, uh, different little splinter groups within the Confederacy with the specific, uh, uh, species. Like when you say trade federation, you automatically go, Oh, okay. It's a uh, uh, gun ray and, and the, uh, Nemoidians. Right. It couldn't have all been just singular species. No, you would have to think like multiple people would throw their hat in like, okay, yeah. I'm going to throw in with these guys. Like the techno union was a cyborg guy. Uh, we only meet. Uh, one guy Watt Tambor yeah Watt Tambor yeah 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 all right well Benny tells them that the Havoc Marauder is in the upper garage bay across from the central tower and he tells them to follow him because he knows a shortcut now before he moves off Hunter stops him by the shoulder and reminds him no tricks and Benny answers hey I'm not trying to get caught either and then he leads them around the platform and down another corridor well, in the hangar, the Havoc Marauder is resting on several cables, suspending it a few feet in the air. It's not actually resting on its own landing gear. This is another uh, composite shot that I put together. Mm. Uh, Benny, feeling satisfied with himself, tries to excuse himself again. This is the third time he's just tried to walk away now. Yep, here you mm-hmm. go. I'm done. Uh, but is held up by Tech, who steps over uh, to the ship, and he points out that the hyperdrive has been removed. Now, Benny protests, uh, protests that they didn't ask him what condition it would be in and asks, how's that my fault? A wrecker gives him a shove and growls at him for the 43rd time this episode. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> just in case he forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Benny now risky move on Benny's part, tells him to relax. <laughs> what? The threat is losing its, uh, yeah. it's lust. Yeah, yeah. Adding that it's not a complicated repair. Now Hunter tells the crew to grab the hyperdrive and make it quick. But then Omega asks, what about the ray shield? Pointing out that in order to leave, it needs to be shut down. Well, Benny points out that it can only be done from the central tower. Well, turning to face him, Hunter says, let's go. But Benny objects with a no way and says that Hunter and the other armored and armed clones just stick out too much. He adds that if they don't trust him to go alone, uh, then Omega can go with him because at least she'll be able to blend in. Hunter scowls at the suggestion, but after a second, he looks at Omega and says, don't let him out of your sight. At the same time, Tech hands Omega a data pad and tells her to transfer the data into it, and then he can access the shield remotely. Omega snaps, let's go. But it's Benny this time that does the stopping as he says, not like that. And with that, Omega stops and she kind of takes a look at her uniform. Oh, might be a little out of place. Maybe. 
In another part of the mine, Mako sits alone in his private chamber, feasting like a glutton on all manner of food. There is literally trays of meat and fruit on every horizontal surface in this room. Yeah. Uh, it's more food than any one person could eat in a single meal. Yeah, now he is just shoveling. Yeah, it. there's no there's no rhyme or reason. It's just <laughs> gluttony. Yeah. A hatch slides open and one of the droid guards uh, walks in and it chatters something at him. In response, Mako says, they can wait until I'm good and ready. The droid leaves and Mako voraciously downs some soup and tears into a meat kebab of some sort and then washes it all down with a long drink from his goblet. Nerf nuggets? Could be the same kebabs from the racing episode. Maybe. <laughs> kind of looks like that. Later, Benny leads Omega down a ladder. Uh, of course, Omega is now dressed. She's wearing his his coat, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so much for my uh, guess that that was a woman. Well, a small, small. I thought it was an ugnot. So I thought it was frame. Mm -hmm. Slide of frame. Yeah, well, we did yeah. go through that. <laughs> we are so wrong. When we're wrong, it, we're like hilariously wrong. <laughs> Swing for the fences. That's true. Okay, where are we here? Uh, uh, Benny's leading her down a ladder. Yeah, looking around a corner, Benny spots three other teenage workers laughing and chatting amongst themselves as they walk down the corridor. Now, with some suspicion in her voice, Omega recounts that Benny told her the control room is on the top level. And Benny tells her that, well, they can't just walk right in because only Mako's inner circle have the required access cards and they have to steal one. Curiously, Omega asks you're not part of his inner circle. And Benny tells her not yet, but he will be He's just working his way up. And then Benny says that if Mako finds out that he helped her, he'll be sent to the mines. And he tells Omega to act natural. Fly casual. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess well, that stealing thing is going to be a good skill now. It is in the context of this episode. For sure yeah. it is. Well, climbing down yet another ladder, Benny and Omega enter some kind of mess hall where other boys are, are gathered. Two of them are seated at a nearby table playing some kind of a table game using hexagonal chips. One of the boys with a very striking uh, facial tattoo smirks as he says, we were just talking about you, Benny. Where you been? Well, sitting down beside the boy, Benny answers here and there, while Omega sits down at the table next to them and watches. Now, continuing... The boy says, uh, bet you think this, the ship you stole, uh, score the, uh, let me try that again. Continuing. The boy says "Bet you think the ship you scored for Mako will make you the top earner this round. Looking down, Benny spots the access card that they need sticking out of the boy's pocket. And Benny answers, why not? You can't expect to win every time. And the boy chuckles as he picks up one of the gaming pieces and then looking at Benny, he slaps the gaming piece down on the table and he says, can't I? And it's not just a metaphor either, because slapping that chip down is the, is the winning move to the game that he was playing. And uh, he slides the giant stack of winnings chips toward him while his opponent just hangs his head in disappointment. It's a very cocky move. It's a mm -hmm. there's a Lando Lando Han thing there. Mm -hmm. Flexing in front of him. Well, this character, uh, his name is Drake, uh, is played by uh, voice actor Alex Lee. Now, Alex has just over 100 acting credits. Most of them are video games and anime. His most recent work is on the English language version of Rent-A-Girlfriend, where he plays the character uh, Kazuya. 
Now, he also plays James Wu in the 2020 video game Marvel's Avengers. Mm. Now, Drake is his very first Star Wars role. Well, just then the door slides open and in walks Mako, escorted by four of his droid guards. Using his cybernetic arm, he wipes the schmutz off his mouth. Benny whispers to Omega, that's Mako. Getting up from the table, Drake blurts out, about time, I'm starving. But then Benny gets up and uh, shoulder checks Drake in the back. Reflexively, Drake elbows him back and uh, Benny catches himself on the edge of the table. Then, seeing that everyone has left the room, he flashes Drake's access card that he just swiped, and he says, see, it's a skill. Unimpressed, Omega says, great, can we go now? But Benny is so concerned with the coveted top earner title that he has to hear what the tally is. And slumping her shoulders, Omega hangs her head as she follows Benny out of the mess hall. It's a, it's like a real Charlie Brown, you know, like after he misses the football kind of thing and he kind of walks away with his head down (laughs) in another room. Mako orders the boys to stand sharp. Once the commotion dies down, he launches into his speech about how it's been a lean season and they've all had to make sacrifices. Continuing, he says that while some of the boys have been working hard this quarter, some continue to fall short but he always takes care of those who earn the boys all lean in as Mako begins to announce who the top earner is. And uh, judging by the look in Benny's eye, you can tell that he thinks he's got it locked up. Then Mako points and he shouts Drake Drake grins and holds his arms out and leans back in a who me kind of way. And then he walks forward to receive his just reward while an angry Benny mutter, uh, mutters under his breath, you've got to be kidding me. Drake stands in front of Mako, and one of the droid guards steps forward and hands the boy a bowl of soup. Voraciously, uh, Drake wolfs it down while the other boys take it all in, some of them with envy, while others have this look of despair, but it is clear that all of them are hungry. But the blows keep coming as Mako tells the group that rations are low, And that means that the boys now have to work harder and longer if they're going to survive. Concluding that the galaxy's uh, (laughs) concluding the galaxy's worst motivational speech ever. Mako tells the boy (laughs) that uh, he won't let them starve. Then one of the droid guards places a single bowl of soup on a nearby table and steps back. And it's a free for all. And the half dozen boys all shove each other as they vie for position around the bowl. Mako just chuckles at the sight, and then he and the droids leave while Benny and Omega stare at the mob competing for a bowl of soup. Well, Benny scowls and shakes his head before he and Omega leave the room. Um, is this this uh, top earner? Is this a, a once a like everyday thing? I I was know. trying to figure out this like the way that they're like hinged there, like they all split one bowl of soup. Now, Drake, top earner, got his own bowl of soup. Yeah. You've got to be feeding them at least once a day. Yeah. Because, like, you can't go an entire quarter on one bowl of one soup. One bowl of soup split six ways. I think there's six mm. kids in there. At least. So, uh, yeah, it was a curiosity thing. Like, are, is this is this top earner thing, like, once a week, once a month? Like, what's what's going on here? There's definitely a misdirect from him, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, don't focus on me. You focus on being top earner. Yeah. So you're competing against yeah, yeah. the rest of you. 
Um, is there a red flag for Mako that Benny doesn't jump in and try to get someone out of the bowl too? Because it's like, well, there is that. And like, who's the new girl? Yeah. <laughs> who's the new girl? <laughs> Didn't notice that one. All right. Well, uh, back in the hangar, uh, uh, Wrecker and Tech are busy working on the Havoc Marauder while Hunter stands guard. Using his comm link, Hunter asks Tech how things are looking. And Tech tells him that he can easily have most of the ship's systems back online, but until the hyperdrive is installed, they won't be going anywhere. Uh, with the hyperdrive literally in hand, Wrecker lifts it into the undercarriage of the ship while he shouts, I'm working on it! As Omega and Benny cross one of the suspension bridges toward the central tower, Benny is clearly angry as he tells Omega that even though he stole a starship, it still wasn't enough to make the top earner spot. Omega says, you shouldn't have to compete for food. But Benny tells her that that's just the way it is here. They all have to earn their share. Then placing the access card in the lock, he says, but I'll impress Mako. Just wait. Then after punching in a code on the control panel, the door slides open and the two of them move on. After climbing a ladder, Benny and Omega enter another dimly lit corridor with a door at the end. Benny inserts the access card and punches the door controls and it slides open, revealing the control room beyond. As the two enter the room, Omega pulls out her comlink and she radios in that they've made it and Hunter tells her to get the shield code and get back to the hangar. Omega sets to work, plugging in her data pad into the computer, unaware that Benny, who's still standing behind her, has just tripped a switch on a nearby console. I guess he really meant it when he said he was going to impress Mako. Yep. Now, leaning against one of the consoles, Benny remarks, uh, they really treat you like one of them. I wish Mako did that. Taking off Benny's long coat, Omega says, it doesn't seem like he cares about any of you. Why don't you leave? Omega goes to check on the progress of the uh, data transfer, and Benny scoffs as he tells her she's wrong about Mako. He's the one that keeps them in business. And according to Mako, with more time and more digging, they're bound to reach better Ipsium soon. Yeah. Folding, uh, fo uh, I was just going to get through the slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folding his arms, uh, Benny laments, besides, I can't leave. This is my home. It's what I know. Turning to face him, Omega tells Benny that she gets it. Uh, she tells him that their ship is their home and it's the only one they have. Scratching the back of his neck nervously and avoiding eye contact with her, Benny tells Omega he's sorry for stealing it. With a slight smile, she says, here, you can have my rations. And she hands him a prepackaged field ration bar. And Benny's confused as to why she would want to give it to him. And she tells him because he's helping them. You know, wearily, Benny takes the ration bar and he thanks her. Then Omega goes back to work on the data transfer and Benny takes a bite from the ration bar while he looks nervously at her and then at the door. He must feel like crap at this moment. <laughs> you just gave me food and I just, I sold you out. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. Uh, checking in the comments, we got uh, TJC joining us tonight. Good evening, all. Hello, TJC. Nice to see you again. Uh, our friend Ken over at Toy Connections finally caught up on the Bad Batch. Ken, so glad that you're finally caught up. I hope you are not uh, uh, disappointed in Mission of the Week that there's been enough to hold your interest there. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Oh. <laughs> All right. So um, 
rations. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of language in this week's episode. However, there is uh, this uh, on the ration bar itself. The translation is a field ration Z or a Z, depending on where you live in the world, and three hundred. Three hundred is that the maybe a grams protein count or grams a weight i thought it was weight of the bar yeah, actually that'd make more sense. Probably, yeah mm-hmm. um field ration z um how many letters are in the orabesh uh alphabet there's like 30 some now with the contractions yeah. is there a through you know y <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> i should ask him does that taste like the one you picked up off the floor <laughs> a little All bit right. better no dust so there's your your big language moment this week all right well, back in the hangar, the crew continued their work on the Marauder, uh, clinging, uh, sorry, closing up a panel. Tech radios that the motivator is installed, but he still has to connect the primaries to the guidance system and adjust the Navi computer. I love it when they give us some good old techno babble. Um, of all of that, I really only got, you know, Navi computer guidance system. Mm-hmm. Guidance system for what? The weapons? What? I don't know. Yeah, for flying in right. Wrecker, who's hanging upside down from the bottom of the ship, declares the weapons systems are online. Now, Hunter, who's standing on top of the ship, radios back that uh, they aren't engaging. He says the situation for the kids here is already bad enough, uh, which opens the door for Tech to point out that Mako is using his power as a way to leverage the workers. And he says it's a tactic that's similar to what the Empire is doing, albeit on a much smaller scale. Uh, and the Empire presumably is not doing it with kids. No. They're just doing it with everybody else. Doing it with the galaxy. Speaking of children, uh, just then, two boys climb the ladder into the hangar, uh, spotting them. Hunter slides down the hall, and he tucks himself in behind uh, the folded-up portside wing. As the boys step off the ladder, one of them says to the other, didn't Bryce and Hugh say they removed the hyperdrive? Then the boys spot Wrecker and Tech, and they ask, hey, who are you? Wrecker tries his best to bluff them with, uh, Mako sent us? And it's almost like a question. The boys look at each other, and uh, the one, uh, the boy on the ladder, he just kind of shrugs his shoulders. Then Hunter jumps down to the deck. With both hands outstretched, he slowly walks towards them, trying to keep the situation from escalating. He calmly says, easy, we're just here for our ship. Uh, but the boys won't have it, and they slide down the ladder. Immediately, Hunter bolts after them, yelling for Tech and Wrecker to get the engines online as he uh, chases them down the ladder. Now, back in the control room, Benny asks Omega, any luck with the shield code? And uh, she tells him, not yet. Most of the data is just Mako's profit reports. How convenient. Mm-hmm. Then something catches Omega's eye and she says, I thought you said the Ipsium here is degraded. When Benny tells her it is, she says, not according to this. And she hands him the data pad still connected to the computer. Suddenly the door panel starts beeping. Wide-eyed, Benny yanks the cable out of the computer and he hides the data pad behind his back. Shocked, Omega looks, uh, looks at Benny before the door slides open and Mako limps in, escorted by two droid guards chuckling mako exclaims my thief caught another thief omega flashes an angry look at benny and he sheepishly just looks down at her mako then praises benny and tells him he's impressed holding up his cybernetic arm he spins his clawed hand and brandishes at omega and asks where are the others in a downtrodden voice benny says they're in the hangar garage 
and then turns to Omega and says, I'm sorry, I had to. Heaping more praise onto Benny, Mako blurts out, that's my boy, and tells him that uh, Top Earner is definitely in his future. No, it's not. I know. But you got to keep that illusion. You've got to, you've got to keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then Mako's droids flank Omega and they escort her out of the control room. And when they're gone, uh, Benny pulls out the data pad from his, uh, uh, the, the waistband of his pants and he just kind of stares at it. I think he's reconsidering what he did. Yeah. At the bottom of the mining complex, Hunter exits a door at a full run, stopping to look around for the two boys that he was chasing. They're nowhere to be seen. Well, then tech radios in to say that the hyperdrive is nearly online and Hunter sighs as he tells him, I lost them. Then looking up at the overhead suspension bridge, Hunter sees several droid guards are lining up on the bridges and he relays that back to tech. Standing at the center of one of the bridges is Mako and he shouts, it appears we have uninvited guests. Care to show yourselves? The door slides open and both Tech and uh, Wrecker step out blasters at the ready, acting as the tough guy. Mako waves his arms as he shouts, so you think you can come here and steal from me? Tech reminds him, well, technically speaking, the ship belongs to them. But Mako growls at them as he says, not anymore. With a chuckle, Mako tells them to rethink using their blasters, adding that one stray shot will doom them all. And we get a long shot of the entire bridge, and we can see that in addition uh, to Mako and his droids, several of the, the boys, the workers, are also there poised uh, to attack. But then More Wrecker gets vibes. very much so. Wrecker <laughs> gets the MVP, the line of the episode, when he, like, like cold, like, like cool as a cucumber, just stares at Mako, and he says we don't miss <laughs> if that's not the best line that that character has ever delivered yeah mako laughs as he says i believe you but i think you'll reconsider from higher up in the complex one of mako's droid guards drags omega to the edge of a broken bridge now she struggles against the droid as she tells it you know get off me well then more boys rush out onto the bridge behind mako and he orders the clones to lower their weapons or Omega will be thrown off the broken bridge. Tech and Wrecker uh, exchange glances and they do lower their blasters, as does Hunter, who at this point still hasn't been seen by Mako or any of the guards for that matter. Hunter then takes out a grapple launcher and he starts to formulate a plan. A very cool plan, I might add. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the control room, Benny studies uh, the data pad resolved with what it says. He gets up and he leaves. Now I'm back on the bridge. Mako now accuses Wrecker and Tech of trespassing and attempted theft. He says that uh, 10 years in the mines seems like a reasonable punishment, adding, uh, if you survive that long. He then orders the boys to take them below, and they all start advancing towards Tech and Wrecker. At this point, I'm like, if they're forced to fight kids, one, that sucks. Two, those kids are going to regret it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like They're used just, to stunning people left, right, and center, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but at least some of these bridges have railings. So plus, <laughs> in, in that way. Railings save lives. They so do. Yep. They so do. 
except for Mako. <laughs> I'm no sorry. Spoiler. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> All right. Suddenly, uh, Benny bursts onto the bridge at the other end uh, behind Mako. He shouts, stop. And uh, dismissively, Mako says, not now, kid. I'm busy. Uh, but Benny won't have any of it as he shouts how Mako lied to them. He lied to them all. He says uh, the Ipsium isn't degrading and he's done nothing but cut the boys out and he's kept all the profits for himself. Well, Mako, trying to exert his dominance, uh, shouts for the other boys, don't listen to those lies. But Benny isn't finished and he says, you never cared about us at all and then holds up the data pad and says, I have the proof right here. Now, Drake, who's standing next to Benny, says, let me look at that. And uh, Benny hands it over to him. He locks eyes with Mako for a moment before looking at the display, frowning. Drake holds up the device, and he walks towards Mako, asking, what's going on, Mako? We toil down in the mines while you enjoy the spoils? Mako's eyes go wide, and suddenly the boys that were all advancing on Wrecker and Tech are now all facing Mako quite attentively. Like any tyrant whose rule is about to end, he goes off on a tirade about he was just taking his fair share and that without him, none of them would have survived and he tells them not to forget it. Turning to the droids, uh, to his droids, uh, one of them steps around Mako, putting itself between him and the boys. Then waving at the droid on the upper bridge, he shouts, throw her over. Now, with the grapple attachment fixed to his pistol, Hunter fires a line uh, up at the bridge where Omega and the droid are. Now, Omega spots the grappling hook, and she starts struggling against the droid again. And when the droid tries to throw her over, she's actually able to grab onto its arm with her other hand. Now, using her feet up against the uh, edge of the broken bridge, she leans back. Hunter leaps off the catwalk as the grappler begins to retract. Then, seeing him in mid-flight, Omega grabs hold of the droid with both arms, leans back again over the edge, and she pushes hard with her legs, flipping both the droid and herself into the ether. Really similar to the uh, maneuver they used at the end of The Hobbit there, where uh, oh yeah, the one elf chick throws the orc off. Oh, I was thinking uh, at the end when they were going into Mount Doom, tossing the one ring into the pit. True. I mean, that's, that's Gollum right there. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, kind of a mix. A bit, yeah. W- with a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the droid falls uncontrollably toward the molten lava, Omega reaches out for Hunter and miraculously makes the catch as he zips past. Lifting her up, Omega clambers onto Hunter's back, and they both scramble up, uh, back up onto the broken bridge. Now, this is so cool. Um this might be the most impressive action shot of the entire series. Um, and if it's not a Spider-Man Mary Jane thing, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, and I say that because Yuri Lowenthal, our voice of Benny is also the voice of Spider-Man in the 2018 PlayStation exclusive. Nice. So again, is this an intentional thing or did it just happen to, eh, it just happens. I feel like that's an intentional thing, but. Yeah. And it looks amazing. I'm not going to lie. That as, as far as Hunter's fatherly role, he just saved his kid. I think of all of the, we, we made the uh, superhero analogy before. Yeah. Um, if this is not superheroism or, or superhero actions personified, yeah. oh, I don't know what is a uh, great sequence. So absolutely loved it. Okay. So 
On the lower bridge, the boys begin to advance on Mako from both sides. With the droid guards flanking him, he defiantly shouts, no one's going to take what belongs to me. And he then orders the droids to uh, take care of them all. The droids activate their stun batons, uh, but before they can do anything, two very precise blaster bolts streak out, striking both of them in the head, and they fall over lifeless. Looking back at uh, Wrecker and Tech, Mako sees, in fact, they don't miss. And now with nothing between him and the boys, Mako chokes up on his cane, brandishing it like a club, and he spins his claw hand as he says, I'll deal with you myself. Uh, but Mako is all blather as he swings his cane wildly. So wildly, in fact, that he overdoes it and literally spins himself off balance, falling over the railing without actually hitting anyone or anything. <laughs> Fortunately, the cane catches the railing and prevents his fall. And then suddenly Benny is there and he's reaching out for Mako, shouting at him, grab my hand. And Mako does with his clawed prosthetic. He hooks it into Benny's hand and Benny grunts in pain as Mako shouts, you never should have crossed me. Uh, never should have crossed me, kid. And he flashes a wicked smile as he tries to pull Benny over the railing with him. But then Drake is there and Drake grabs hold of Benny and Mako loses his grip on both Benny's hand and the cane. And just like his droid guard, he falls into the molten lava. Benny grimaces and watches Mako fall out of sight. And you can tell that somewhere in there, he really did want to believe that Mako was a better man. Yeah, but he wasn't just using them. No, he really wanted to believe that. I, I think he did anyway. Yeah. Well, he's, his whole life has been this, right? Yeah. No, exactly. Well, then Tech and Wrecker step forward as Benny and Drake stand there with the other boys. Back in the hangar, the rotating platform with the Havoc Marauder is now swung open and a tech goes over the ship as they prepare to leave. Seeing Gonky on the hangar floor, Wrecker lets out a gratifying cackle as he picks up the droid in a giant bear hug. <laughs> Hunter and Omega are just a few steps behind when Benny suddenly pulls up on a hover skiff loaded with containers, and he says, here's all your stuff. With his hands on his hips, Hunter cocks his head and asks, all of it? And uh, Benny gives an emphatic, yeah. Then chuckling, he asks, don't you trust me? And he takes a bite from a large piece of fruit. Hunter and Omega eye each other skeptically before Benny admits, okay, that's fair, but it's all there. Hunter then takes the skiff and he pushes it off towards the Havoc Marauder, leaving Benny and Omega to say their goodbyes. Meluron. She asks him, what will you do now? And he tells her that he supposes they'll just hang around and keep mining the Ipsium because that's all they know. Omega tells him it's a big galaxy and he can be whatever he wants to be and he doesn't have to stay there. But Benny tells her that it really isn't so bad. And now that Mako's gone, all the boys will be getting an equal share of the profits now. From off in the distance, we can hear Drake call out to Benny to tell him that it's chow time. And uh, Benny lifts his hand and he nods in acknowledgement. And turning back to Omega, he thanks her for showing him the truth, adding... If you ever need a thief, I owe you. Tossing the fruit up and then catching it again, Benny smiles at Omega and then he heads off. Omega stands there with her hand uh, on her chin in thought. So Tech approaches and asks, what is it? Um, I actually love the delivery here. I know we've we've talked a lot about Tech, especially the, the Tech-centric episodes and their development, but 
his choice of wording here, like he doesn't, he doesn't use the, what do you say? What's your issue or, or what's, you, you know, he doesn't do the, what's your malfunction soldier. He, he stops for a second and then stutters for a second. What is it? Like he's really trying to emote. Yeah. To connect so with her. that's a nice piece of development there. Yeah. While turning to face her brother, Omega says the empire isn't the only threat in the galaxy. Now they've seen so many people just like Mako and tech answers that while that's unfortunately true, he also points out that there are many people like them in the galaxy as well. Um, foreshadowing maybe i hope so well the two of them uh, look over to see wrecker uh, now holding his tuka doll and then uh, tech puts a hand on omega's shoulder and he says and that is something um hank you just said uh melu run yeah i counter that it is not a melu run Ooh. <laughs> um i don't know what it is um and I, i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this but that is that is some mystery fruit i wondered if it was maybe like no i don't know it looks like the pear a bit like the like thing, an big version of that uh that uh, apple force that, pear i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that is the pear from attack of the clones yeah and the apple that ray is eating in the force awakens is a real species of apple with some weird the description says it's actually some particular species of broccoli that they've stuffed in the top to give it that little tree look on top. I don't know what this is. I, I don't think it's a mailer run, but I don't know what it is. It's definitely got a stem and it's definitely got leaves, but the mailer run both in animation and in live action are covered yeah. in spikes. Yeah. And uh, this a is lump with knobs. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's got the juice. <laughs> most beautiful thing <laughs> now there's going to be a bunch of people out there that are going to listen to this or watch this and go what the hell are they talking about <laughs> these guys are on the edge <laughs> it's gone <laughs> all right well with uh, everyone on board the havoc marauders engines roar to life and the ship lifts off from the platform and flies out of the mining pit headed for space and uh, at that point we fade to black and that is episode uh uh 10. Uh, so that being said, uh, I, I, I want to keep the conversation rolling here and I want to come back around to that. Uh, are they building, are they working towards this uh, future, future team? Like, is there going to be a time when I need to call in a bunch of favors and I'm going to call them all in at once? Maybe. Uh, so I put this uh, slide together. I'm calling it uh, team Omega. Uh, and I, mm -hmm. I put the question to you guys, who do we think, uh, if that is in fact what they're building towards, who do we think could be on uh, team Omega. Um, I, I hazard to say that after the events of this episode, especially with the IOU, mm -hmm. uh, Benny, uh, Benny is for sure, for sure. A strong contender. There's another reason why he's a strong contender and not just because they, they gave him that line. I owe you. Um, it's very subtle. This character has a last name. Does he Benny Baru? He is fully named in the credits. Although his last name is never spoken, hmm. would you go through the 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 the, the effort to name this character completely if they were just a one-off? You're never going to see them again. No. So you know, uh, Gunji is the obvious is another obvious one. I threw yeah. Drake in there because if you're getting Benny, you, you might get Drake. You might yeah. get Drake. Or the even. 
Well, and so you've got Trace and Rafa, the Martez sisters. Now they are just, that puts us one step away from Rex and whatever Rex is doing. I think that might actually be a bit of a stretch, but I've included them there because we only see them communicate with Rex by hollow, which still leaves them far enough away that they could do something with her. It's true. I would say fee is a more likely candidate to be one of her. I know she's older, but yep. like, you know, even the mentor leader of the, the cadre. Oh, maybe I will have to say like, you know, like, cause Andy, you said it before, this, this is a kid's show. So what I really hope is that that kids are watching it and yeah. not just 40, 50 year old guys with beards like, like us. Um, cause I feel like we're straying really, really close to just stamping star Wars in a rock and we're accepting everything they give us. I really like, but I've said that right from the beginning, you could put star Wars I'm, on a rock and I'll look at it. Yeah. But I mean, now that we're faced with it, I'm kind of like, Oh, like I really hope because I don't understand also the wisdom of, of uh, putting this up parallel with, with the Mando. Cause yeah. I'll barely be able to pay attention once that starts. It's going to be a, that. I agree. That's going to be a tough, I don't want to say a tough pill to swallow. I mean, I I've always been a champion for more star Wars is more star yeah, Wars. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good, bad, ugly, or otherwise, unless this is like they did with the, you know, so I was I, a huge sort of proponent last season. And even, you know, in, in general, I'm like, um, even with Marvel products and stuff like that, like, yeah. like and I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about properties that I really like, like I hope Indiana Jones five has something to say. Oh, sure. Um, sure. I, I need there, I need, I need there to be something for them to say. And yeah. I'm like, not sure what they're trying to say here in terms of, you know what I mean? Like, I do. I agree with you on that. The story that's worth telling is to me, it's that clone stuff that we're, if anything, all around there. That's where mission of the week does not serve very well. Yeah. Um, And it, it seems like, you know, are we, have we pushed that too far or oops, I I did something on my computer that you guys can't see it. Don't worry. We can totally (laughs) see you though. You're fine. Yeah. Good. Um, I don't know if it takes anything away from, from what's going on, but I really hope that that kids are watching the show and enjoying it for what it is. Yeah. And, 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 and that I'm not reading way too much into like putting, maybe putting too much on it, the show's shoulders. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, because uh, when we got that cloning facility, I was like uh, bonkers. Well, I, I had a prior to going live tonight. I, um, as we do, we gather every weekend and we, we kind of have our pre-show chit chat. And I, I had a chance to sort of show off my latest acquisition. Um, I finally picked up this guy as he's just, he's just come out here in Canada. Um, the grand inquisitor. And mm. that just kind of got me thinking again, as we talk about all of these shows sort of on a collision course with each other and how they, they recontextualize and they add more uh, depth and breadth to the other series, you know, it wasn't lost on me that we've, we've said openly that uh, Omega may be on her way towards force sensitivity, if not an outright force user. Mm-hmm. Um, would it not be like super tragic and super unexpected if Omega turns to the dark side? Yeah, it, it could would be, be super tragic. But I, I can't bad. see it happening on this show. Maybe no. not. Uh, but considering you know, I she's honestly think that's. I really think that that's them, right. That's true. Sorry, Hank. You I saying? don't know if they're they're going to do that because I really strongly feel that that might be the arc 
that we get for uh, Ezra Bridger's return in Ahsoka. Because oh, nothing in Star Wars would be more heartbreaking than than the return of Ezra and him have fallen to the dark side to be the antagonist. Right, right. Uh, for that show, that would be that, just tragic. It would be beautiful writing. Does like, that not skirt? I was that, writing it. I would do that. That skirts the Knights of the Old Republic uh, story arc where you are Revan. Right. And right. And could and you come back choose, from that? You as the player right. have a choice. You can you can Go. play. As a with the purple play. lightsaber? Come on. <laughs> yeah. That in itself is an excellent, an excellent idea. Considering but, the amount of cloning and whatnot they dipped yeah, into in yeah. The Mandalorian, yeah. it would not shock me that they're dropping it side by side because something's going to happen here that will you know take shape we've said it all along there are no clones by the time we get to a new hope yeah no they gotta go somewhere well sorry they're very limited we know rex makes it to return of the jedi that is going to be an interesting story if when however that one's told but on mass the 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 fet clones i should say maybe that's the way we should say it the fet clones they yeah they're gone so something's got to happen and uh man we didn't get any of that we we really, I really, I shouldn't say we. We did talk about it on the <laughs> show when we reviewed yeah. the book of Boba Fett. We were clamoring for like that's his sister. They've got to meet. Yeah, that didn't right, happen. Right, right. Not yet. No, not even a word of acknowledgement that he even knows that she exists. No, which is hard to believe given her relationship or their the relationship. There is an intermediary there that knows everybody, and it's Fennec Shand. Mm. Fennec Shand no, knows Boba. Fennec Shand knows Omega. Yeah. Yeah, but did Fennec Shan yeah. know Django was cloned? Does Fennec Shan know that Omega is an unaltered uh, 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 Django clone? I, I think I would say the, the answer to the first question, Andy, is yes. Yeah, she knows she's there for when Bubba looks so well. out to Mando. Did she know yeah. before that? I don't know, but she's definitely in the scene where Boba lays it out to Dinjar and this is my father's armor, and he pulls up the hologram. Absolutely, she's she's, she's right present there. for that. Right. Now that is, but at the same time, many, many years in the future. Well, so well, far, okay. like in this timeline, Fennec has only been like, she's just a target, you know, you know, the, the, the they reality tell is, you like, they didn't tell Dinjar and, you know, no, you're going to get Rogu. They just said, you're going to get a target, a target. You don't need to know nothing about it. Well, now look at the relationship that Fennec Shan and Boba Fett now have, where they are more partners, yeah. you know, imagine your partner saying, oh, by the way there's another and that's a total legacy mm-hmm. thing it, that's a yoda moment right there right if they should kill her oh did i ever tell you about this kid i met one there's another <laughs> have you heard the tale the book of omega fat you know like <laughs> that's still i mean i know we we really want this stuff but i really want this stuff <laughs> but maybe she's going to fully take up the armor and show up I mean, she is part Mandalorian. How interconnected are we going to be? John Favreau, uh, it's it's been making the rounds this week uh, that uh, ahead of the season three of The Mandalorian, season four is already written. Already yeah. written. Already written. going to tie right into uh, the Ahsoka yeah. stuff. And On the flip side, though, movie. did you see the interview with Liam Neeson? I did. We yes. talked. Yeah, we talked cool. a little bit yeah. about that last Tuesday. On random. Yeah, yeah. About uh, uh, watered down. Diluted. Watered down. And diluted. I, you know, I, I can't. Can't fault him for saying that. I don't disagree either. Like, I, I, at, I, at some point, like. Myself as well. The magic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, the reason we can tear this to pieces if we want to is because there's so much of it. And it's yeah. not. 
active nostalgia. It's like, it's, you know, it's going on right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why I strongly believe that if, if they're going to tell a story, it's got to be a story that matters and not just agreed clone troopers running around shooting stuff. So I, well, hope, I hope we're headed in the right direction here. There, there was an underlying message in this episode. Yeah, go for it. Like when, uh, again, when Benny's like, oh, you know, what do you give a crap about Gongi for? He's just a defective droid. And they're like, not to us. Yeah. And that borders on that whole droid rights. And that tie that also ties into the other line. They really treat you like you're one of them. Yeah. So there is that. And to circle back one more time, you had said in that cover, the alternate cover to the thing where they showed all the Mandalorian helmets. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were some unidentified female. Unidentified lady helmets. Yeah. yeah. So maybe. <laughs> She's uh, maybe, sought out her Mandalorian roots. Maybe. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Because, like, she's going to find, well, if she doesn't already know the base of her sure, genome, sure. she's going to find out. I hope so. Because, like, I really once do. she finds that out, she'd be like, oh, wait, that's where we came from? Maybe I should explore that history. She doesn't have the connection to Django like Boba did. No, Boba no, no, no. Legitimately had the father-son yeah. relationship for presumably the first 10 years of his life. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's, yeah. what, 10 years old when, uh, when Django's killed in uh, Attack of the Clones? Yeah. yeah. Ish. Ish. Omega doesn't have that, so but if you know, she, like like a kid who's been adopted, would would she be curious enough to seek out a potential sibling? Maybe, maybe. Like if we get to that Mount uh, Mount Tantus Mount Tantus episode at the end yeah. of Bad Batch, yeah, and uh, is it Nalase that got spared? I can't. Uh, it's not Nalase. Uh, it, uh, it's the it's the um, the other one. It's Lama another. Sue yeah, uh, Lama Sue is the the the. Um, the former uh, prime minister, yeah, but suppose they get there and they just lay it on her. Like, Oh yeah, you came from this line. Yeah. 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 Uh, Doug says she knows uh, as well as uh, she knew about the chip. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, inhibitor, the inhibitor chip. Is that what we're going on? Yeah. But okay. at yeah, the time, exactly. it wasn't anything nefarious. It was just, Hey, we got to put this in yeah, from her perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not that it was this insidious planned thing. To, the Jedi. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Wow. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things going on this, this whole, again, I, I go back to this, uh, all these shows feel like there is a, there is a cohesive sort of, there's a trajectory that they all seem to be going in the same direction, even though we're at different points in the star Wars timeline, I find it quite fascinating how, and when they, they we'll merge. Leave. I'm curious with half a season of the bad batch left, how far forward are we going to get with this? I don't think we have to get super far. We just have to get far enough that some event takes place. That's going to affect what we're going to find out later. Yeah. I mean, it could be that's yeah, it could be, it feels like we're paddling against the rapids here though. I mean, <laughs> I really want them. We'll just give see. me another I season just, of Andor where I can yeah. just like float along. With what, that. Five weeks left. Uh, Cause the last episode yeah. is a double. Yep. That's I right. really hope that it's not all saved for just a finale. No. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, what's next week? Next week is uh, got another weird. Um, oh my gosh, I should have looked this up. Should have had this ahead of time. What is next week? I will say this though: they are very lucky that the ship got stolen by who it did, because they definitely did not have the drive of the Jawas to strip that ship. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> it was so small. Like uh, we stole the ship and we get it back the next episode. Yeah, it's not like what. What's the purpose of that? 
Nah, I figured it is again, kids show you got to get your home back. Well, you know, we, we talked about this in the Marvel context about characters showing up for no other reason than just to be there for future projects. Is that what this episode did with Benny? It just set him up for a future. I mean, appearance. I, I, yeah, could, could be, could be. Nothing's by And I, I really hope we don't start doing commercials for, for what's next. Yeah. Really. Star Wars because Marvel. <laughs> so next, next week's episode. Marvel. Next week's episode is titled Metamorphosis. And I mean, the, just the, the name Metamorphosis uh, implies some change, some transformation, perhaps, of something. Mm. So that's going to be an interesting one to chew on. Um, and we get the first episode of The Mandalorian. So, uh, yeah. My gosh. Are you guys ready for a whole lot more Phantom Power come uh, these next few weeks? Sure. We're going to be, I'm going to be frazzled every week. We're going to be able to do three episodes a week for, and then the one that's four. Like, I guess yeah. the live one is, is almost zero prep, but that's true. So, Tuesday nights are, are usually, uh, have been relatively more relaxed, much more relaxed. It's a little different this week. Like I said, uh, if you haven't tuned in uh, to our new show, on Tuesday nights at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, it's uh, Random Fandom, or Tuesday Night Random Fandom, as we've been calling it, um, where we talk about sort of the the news, uh, the entertainment news of the past week and the headlines that caught our attention. And now, anything else that comes up. Those headlines, they're your headlines. So if you guys have entertainment news, whether it's uh, movies, TV, toys, celebrities, what have you, we want to hear from you. So you can always hit us up in the comments uh, right here on uh, youtube and facebook you can call us at our custom whatsapp link which is in the description of all of our videos now it's embedded on the youtube channel as well as our facebook page uh, this week we'll be talking to uh, kelani hubbard independent filmmaker who's going to be talking about uh, uh, his new project called sky hoshi anime girl uh, where we will uh, get to show the trailer mm. with permission to show the trailer we're going to do that oh very cool yeah that's what we're that's what's happening on tuesday uh Keep your eyes peeled to our uh, social channels uh, so we can keep you up to date with how we're going to roll out uh, the, the double episode next week. Uh, we're still uh, not 100% locked in, whether it's going to be a double Sunday or a Sunday Monday or how that's going to work. Um, but we will have all the de uh, the details for you on our uh, social channels as soon as we've got that pinned down. Um, guys, is there anything you want to close on before we wrap it up for the night? I think that covers it. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, Droids matter. I, I, they do matter. I like this episode. Mission of the week is working for me. Maybe it's because of the it's been sort of my uh, affection for Star Trek, especially now that Star Trek is back. <laughs> Although Picard is episodic. Um, yeah. Mission of the week. I'm okay with it. We do need something to get us back on track, though, with the larger picture. Metamorphosis sounds like it could be a big one, but you never know. We've uh, We've misinterpreted titles before. We'll just have to wait and see. We could be losing Sid. Awesome. That is unresolved, isn't it? It is very big and unresolved. She needs a slap in the face anyway, uh, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. But we know <laughs> she's going to lose when the Empire takes hold, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, one of her rivals. Yeah. Anyway. True. Uh, guys, that's it. I hope you guys had a great time, as good a time as we had uh, uh, bringing it to you. Stay tuned, as there will be more. But for Fan Power, everybody, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. I'm Hank's tooth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on the next one, guys. Bye for now. See you Same again. batch time. Same, Same batch, batch channel. Come on, let's work. To the bomb, bomb, bomb. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. 
Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. 